Welcome to Talk About It, the official podcast for the Hosms PCM primary care health team. I'm Abby, one of the mental health and wellbeing coaches and host of Talk About It. This episode is predominantly made for clinicians, patient services advisors and all other staff who work across the PCM. This podcast is going to provide an update of the service and answer some frequently asked questions we've been getting from staff. If you're not a staff member, I still welcome you to listen out of interest or to find out more about the service. If you are a member of staff, I hope this podcast provides a clearer insight into how the current service works. Joining me on the podcast, I'll be speaking to our very own mental health practitioner, Lauren Hales, and our community connector, Monique Aston. So just before we kind of really get into the podcast, I just thought it'd be good for us to have a quick overview of the three different roles within the team. So Lauren, as the mental health practitioner, can you tell us a little bit about your role? Yeah, sure. So um, at the moment, my role is very much supporting the team. Um, When we go through assessments, um, the ones that need a bit more investigation, I take on and then talk to the patients, investigate a bit more and sort of triage them. Um, I'm also, as from September, it's my job role is going to be very much link working with the Devon Partnership Trust, um, so building up that relationship and being able to have those conversations just to help the service users as well. Um, and yeah, just clinically supporting the team and the development and, um, and working with the patients. With regards to the mental health coaches, so like Lauren's um, going to tell us a little bit more about, there's currently myself and Sally and we have a new coach, Simon, joining us, which is very exciting, so our capacity is going to increase mm-hmm. again. Uh, so the coaches use a goal-setting approach to provide personal support and increase motivation to patients who may be struggling with their mental health and well-being. Uh, we offer up to six sessions lasting around 45 minutes each. At the moment, these are either via telephone, uh, video call, or face-to-face in an outside open space because of COVID. We're not able to see people in um, clinic rooms as of yet, but we hope that'll happen soon. And to get a better idea of coaching, so we'd liken it to creating a personal mental tool belt almost. So finding tools and techniques with the individual that are gonna help them improve and over time maintain their mental health. So almost as importantly then, we really look at the practicalities in implementing these goals. So. How is this going to fit into your daily routine? What are the small things that you can do to make the task easier when motivation may be low? And how are you going to make this sort of sustainable and, and part of your life going forward, really? So that's um, a bit more an idea of, of the coaching side. And then Monique, can you tell us a little bit about the community connectors? Yeah, so myself and Jason are continuing to work with patients on a one-to-one basis. Um, so similarly to Abby, we are doing face-to-face outside on the telephone or video. Um, receiving referrals from clinicians and from mental health coaches. Um, We support individuals to attend social and support groups to improve their mental health and wellbeing. We can signpost them to community organisations which can support with finances, housing, anxiety management, depression, isolation, transport etc. Recently we have devised a package with the local LED centres Um, and that's to drive forward the importance of physical health linked with mental health, um, whilst also understanding that affordability side. Um, So that's something we're gonna look to promote to our patients as well. Perfect, thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, So thank you both for joining me today to talk a little bit more about an update on the service. So just gonna start off with Lauren, can you give us a bit more of a general update on, on the service at the moment? 
Um, so it's been growing rapidly, which is really exciting. So we've got a new coach starting on Monday, and we're really excited about that. Um, we've also got a counsellor psychologist joining the team, um, covering all three surgeries. Um, we're offering around four hours per surgery, which is really, really good, and just really good for the team dynamic to have that aspect as well. Um, walking groups going really well, lots more people on those. Um, and the social media as well. We've now got a Facebook page as well, if anybody wants to check that one out. And we'll, we'll have the details at the end of the podcast. Yeah, and then there's lots of things going on underneath in the big plans that are going forward as well. Very exciting stuff. And Monique, have you got anything to sort of add from the Community Connector side, so a bit more about the walking groups maybe for an update? Yeah, yeah. So like Lauren said, walking groups are still going strong. Um, so they're bi-weekly. Um, Tuesday, Thursday, and we have just started one in Ottery, although we're yet to get people on it, um, so please spread the word. Um, yeah, going really well, seeing the same sort of faces each week, um, which is really nice to sort of connect with them and check in with them. Um, the numbers are growing as well, so it may be that me and Jason have to do them more regularly, um, which won't be an issue, so yeah, really good. Fantastic. And just as a recap, Lauren, can you talk through some of the different mental health issues that we can work with as a team? Yeah, sure. Um, obviously, your anxiety and depression, sort of low mood in general, um, but then also all sorts of like lifestyle things, whether it's just stress, inability to cope, need for lifestyle changes, um, managing emotions, isolation is one that we deal with a lot, and that works really well when we work with the um, community connectors as well, getting mm. people linked into groups and things as well to tackle yeah. that. Um, building self-esteem and confidence. Um, that's one we do a lot of coaching with. We've also had quite a few people with pain, chronic pain, long-term physical conditions, um, which then obviously leads on to mental health problems um, and burnout as well, mm-hmm. um, especially from the workplace. Uh, so at the moment, how can clinicians currently refer to the mental health team? So at the moment, um, it's just really helpful if they fill out our simple task template. Um, it, it lets us know where the patient's at, if they're motivated, if they're working with anybody else. That comes through to the team, um, and then we can check if the referral is appropriate or not. Um, for example, are they currently working with TalkWorks? Um, and, and just to let clinicians know as well that if the referral is completed, um, then it means that we have accepted that referral, so that will show up in the task. Brilliant. And if we ever have any questions around the referral or um, it's not deemed appropriate, we will always get back in contact with the GP, right? So if it's been completed, they don't have to worry. But if we've got any sort of queries, we'll always get in contact with whoever referred again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We might need more information or to know, you know, are they working with somebody else? You might have seen something on the notes. Um, so we'll always get back to them if we're unsure in any way. So... Lauren, what are some of the things clinicians should be thinking about when making a referral? Um, so I'd say, is the patient really urgent for you know a hat assessment? Are they sort of showing, talking about high risk, current suicide ideation, real complexity? In which case, they'd be probably more for a hat assessment and CMHT. Um, otherwise, um, refer through to us. Just let us know if they are already working with TalkWorks um, and, and maybe whether they're, they're referring because they think that they'll work really well with community connectors or whether they need some coaching, any sort of details to why the, the doctors or the clinicians are referring is, is helpful for us. 
um, yeah. And if a clinician is perhaps unsure on whether the patient is more suitable for our mental health team or talk works, what can you advise them to do in that situation? So the only thing that isn't helpful is if somebody refers to both, if they refer to talk works and to us. That's the only thing we'd recommend not doing. So at the same time. At the same time, yeah. If a clinician is unsure, just refer to us. We've built a really good relationship now with TalkWorks um, and we've got some sort of direct input there um, and we're able to assess the patient further and have that discussion with the patient um, to then refer on ourselves to TalkWorks. Um, so yeah, any uncertainty, just, just refer to us. Um, if the patient is already with TalkWorks, that's fine. Just let us know in uh, there is a question already in the task template um, because it might be that the community connectors can work with them. Fantastic. And I guess the one thing, especially with talk work, so it's, I guess, worth noting that the coaches wouldn't work with somebody that's engaging with talk works, but Monique, you and Jason as community connectors, you guys are able to engage with somebody working with talk works if it's specifically for also having support around access in the community. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So anything to do with, you know, isolation, loneliness that Lauren touched on or access in the community, we can still help alongside TalkWorks and we can do that more face-to-face interaction. So, yeah, I mean, send send a task like Lauren said and, you know, if it is more specialised to me and Jason, we can pick it up and still, and still work with the patient. And can it be helpful when the clinicians do the task to maybe make it more directive towards the service that you guys would deliver so something along the lines of mainly around access and community or something like that to give us more of a, an idea that it's probably for you guys yeah yeah absolutely I mean we'll always follow up with the patients so we'll always call them and get in contact with them and hear it from um, for, hear it from their mouth what they sort of want in that sense so but yeah it would be really helpful if they could sort of be really direct with it perfect and As a team, we also sometimes have to refer back to clinicians, uh, predominantly GPs in some cases. Can you give me some examples, Lauren, of of when this might occur and and how that process might come about? Yeah, sure. So so what happens when we receive the referral? If it's not clear cut as to what this patient needs or how complex they are, um, we do a bit further investigation. um, So we look into their notes, previous letters or services, and we have a conversation with the patient. Um, if we decide they're more suitable for maybe needing a MAHAT assessment for referral for OPMH um, or it could be for the pain clinic or, or simply somewhere else not for us um, what we will do is respond to the t- by a task to the GP letting them know that they will be discharged from our service um, and with the recommendation that the GP or the clinician sorry makes a referral forward to these other services um, so yeah, that's that's kind of how we present it back to them. And where would the clinician be able to find the, the documents with their assessment form in? So what we would then advise following this recommendation is that the GP, um, if they agree with that recommendation and we've got patient consent, um, is that they, they follow the normal protocol and procedures or, or referral pathways that they would, for example, maybe to CMHT. Um, but also attach our assessment pack that we've done with the patient um, because that will provide the forward referral and, and their assessment team to, to gain more knowledge from that we've gathered, which also saves asking the patient again, but will give the forward referral more information as to why we've not taken them on. 
um, and the doctors can find our assessment in communications and letters on our system which will be uploaded and it will be under PCN mental health team and we just have to check as well on that that um, the patient has signed the disclaimer saying that they're happy for that information to be shared onto a forward referral. So can you give me a few examples of referrals or case studies that have been successful and some that have been not appropriate for the service and, and what we've done from there? Yeah, sure. So we, we, we have had a couple where when we're looking at the notes, they've, the doctors also referred them to TalkWorks um, and also for the coaching. Um, so then when we do go to assess the, the patient, they're sort of wanting both, but obviously that's, that's really conflicting. So we have to sort of manage our way out of that one. We had one recently that there was a lot of trauma, maybe domestic violence, um, suicidal ideation. Um, it, it was just quite apparent that this person, you know, we are very much a coaching team um, and that level of complexity and immediate risk is far more, you know, that that person would need a MAHAT assessment quite soon. Um, again, any referrals that come through to us, we will follow that up. But, but naturally, you know, if the doctors can you know, identify those and refer straight to my hat. That's always helpful. I, I know we did send a recommendation to back to a doctor for the referral to be sent on to CMHT, um, but because of the recommendation, the doctor just emailed the Mahat team and said, this has already been discussed, can you carry it on? And obviously that caused a lot of trouble between, um, not trouble, but a lot of confusion and miscommunication between the two teams. Um, so that's why we really encourage doctors to still follow the normal um, referral pathways that they would, just with the addition of our information. But then we've also, we get loads of really, really great referrals. Uh, I've had a couple lately where even though the patients have had traumas um, and, and past experiences that they need specific and specialised um, services for, we can still coach alongside that. So they've got trauma in their past, which they need to be referred and allocated services for that but then we can also coach with the problems and symptoms they're dealing with very much on a day-to-day -day basis and that works really really well. Brilliant and Monique have you got one specifically that's come through the community connectors that's been like a, a good referral? Yeah I think me and Jason have had a few really where we you know pick them up from the coaches and we continue to work with that patient one-on-one -on -one, seeing face-to-face -face, um, whether it be supporting them with any housing issues, finances, signposting them to more support services, signposting them to groups. Um, I'm yet to go to a group with a patient just because of what's going on now in the community. Um, but yeah, still very much that presence is there and giving them those resources, whether it be you know online support and things like that. So still going good. Fantastic. And um, so we touched on it a little bit earlier, talking about the walking group, but could we maybe touch on that a little bit more? So. Um, what is the walking group, who can attend and how can clinicians signpost or can, how can patients access it? Yeah, so anyone can attend the walking group as long as you're a patient registered at Honiton Surgery, Sid Valley Practice or Coleridge Medical Centre. Um, you can drop us an email which you can find on our Facebook, Instagram, um, our website, anything like that. Um, we're constantly you know, talking about it, promoting them. Um, just drop us an email to the team and myself and Jason will pick that up and we'll get back in contact with you um, to let you know the upcoming dates. Um, it's pretty easy really. If clinicians want to refer, they can send a task. Um, we've had an incident like that before where you know one of the nurses have referred someone for the walking group um, and now he comes every other week. 
Um, so yeah, we just encourage everyone to come and give it a go. Brilliant. So, and finally, Lauren, any sort of last bits that you'd like to say to the clinicians or members of staff throughout the surgeries about the team? Yeah, just really, I just really, really like to encourage everyone to um, communicate with us as much as they want. Never feel like you're pestering us. The more questions, whether it's task, email, or we really encourage people to come down to our little room down here in the end um, and just ask us as many questions as you like because it's it's just really helpful and the the more communication we have and the more we work closely with the GPs the better so yeah just that really don't hesitate always refer um, and like I said if, it, if for any reason it's not appropriate we'll always explain why um, and yeah just ask us as many questions as you like. Brilliant thank you both for joining me today it's been great speaking with you both. Thank, thank you. you. So once again, thank you to Lauren and Monique for joining me on the podcast today. And again, as Lauren just said, please just keep getting in contact with us and talking with us if you have any queries or questions about the service. And I hope you found this podcast episode helpful.